I would tell them that they are a divine, powerful, spiritual being and that there is strength and courage within them and to listen to their, to their own body, to their own wisdom, to their own insight and really trust their feelings. Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful, and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Aisha Kennedy. Welcome everyone to another episode of Brilliant Misfits. I'm so happy that you're here and you're tuning in hopefully every week because it's just amazing what these women have to share with us, coming from feeling like they didn't fit into finding their path, their true self, and shining their light into the world and being brilliant. And I have a wonderful guest today that I'm going to introduce you to in a moment. But first, I want to invite you over to my Facebook page, Brilliant Misfits, where we continue the conversation. It's a private group, a circle of women, where we share and support each other in being true to ourselves and being brilliant. And at asiakennedy.com, you can find more offerings for how to live a mindful, creative life. So my guest today, her name is Susan Kennedy, and she's not related to me. (laughs) And um, she's a spiritual medium, a mentor and teacher. Welcome. Welcome, Susan. Thank you for being on the show. It's my absolute pleasure, Aisha, to be here. Beautiful. Now, I I had a little read about what your work is, and that's why I really wanted to bring you on the show, because I, I think it's just really valuable for the listeners who, especially uh, women who feel a little bit lost, or maybe they're in transition, and or maybe they're in a very dark place, and I know that you've been through a lot in your own life, and I want you to share with them the possibilities for turning things around and being able to really find your passion and live life with joy and love. Oh, thank you. So, Aisha, I know that in everybody's life, we go through different things. And as you said, in my own life, I've been through quite a lot of different things. And I found that at the darkest time in my life, it's when things really turned around for me. And it led me onto my own healing journey, because I recognized that there were things I had to look at within myself. And it really opened me up to how much I could help other people go through the same thing. So as a in my work, I started off with healing work And my psychic and mediumship abilities really opened up once I started working with healing. And so my belief is that every reading that I do has an element of healing to it because most people will come for a reading when they're stuck or when they're at a low point. And in my own life, as I said, I've been through many, many low points. And it was through those that I actually found my inner strength. And it was through those that I found the courage to to make changes. And so a reading is an opportunity for someone to find that direction. And I guess what I do with reading is I'm looking at what's happened in the past 
because I know that our past really holds the key to the present and whatever we're experiencing at the present, if it's painful, it generally means that there's something from the past that hasn't fully been dealt with or healed. Mm. And so many people have had so many things to deal with. And I guess you can't even um, categorise them all the same because everybody's individual traumas are individual to them and they're big to them. Mm. So it could be just, you know, as simple as having been bullied at school to the people that I see that have had, you know, severe um, sexual abuse or racial abuse or domestic violence. There's every, every scale of things that people have experienced. And so it's helping those people to number one, know that there is a way out and then guiding them through that process. And I guess the intuitive process for me is being able to gently and easily find that wound, if you like, or that blockage Mm. so that gently we can bring that to light. And then when things are seen, it's almost as though, oh, now I understand that. Now I see why this pattern keeps repeating in my life. Because unless we can see the patterns, it's very hard to change them. Mm, It's like the light bulb goes off. It's like the parts that have been in the closet and dark and we know something's there, but we can't actually get like, what is it? What is it? And when it comes into the light, it's like, oh, it's like the, the first step to really being able to step into a truer part of yourself. Absolutely. And it's so often I find that people have had these repeating patterns. You know, it can be um, different relationships, different, you know, generally it's down to relationships because it's either the way we relate to ourselves or the way we allow other people to treat us or the way we find people are treating us. So all of those things will stem from our own experiences, our own beliefs our own level of self-esteem. And they all have a core somewhere, either in this life or even in a past life. And, you know, I know that that things within us wait until we're ready. And generally, we're ready when we're in crisis, because crisis for me is just really an opportunity for change. It's just when all of those things around us seem to come tumbling down. It's only at those times that we have the courage then to say, okay, I've got to look at this and I've got to see what's going on and I want to find out and I want more. And when people want more, generally they will find more. Yeah, I love what you're saying, you know, to look at those sorts of times in our lives where we perhaps can even feel like a victim. Yeah. And But instead of seeing ourselves as victims, we can look for the opportunity for change. And one of my favorite um, sayings that I say to myself often is that life is happening from me and with me and not to me. And I think it really helps to switch our thinking and our viewpoint of like, you know, being victimized where it might look like that. And I know it's a really difficult one, especially for people who are going through Mm. really horrible things, but there's always an opportunity for change within whatever we're experiencing. And that's my own personal belief, but I've seen it play out not only in my life, but in other people's lives that I've coached and, and whatnot. Absolutely. And that's my whole belief as well, that, you know, you know, I believe that spiritually, before we come, we, we don't choose 
everything. We don't choose events that are going to happen, but we choose circumstances that will help our soul to grow. And so my belief is, yes, we do choose our parents for all of their, um, you know, their qualities and for all of their um, faults as well, because it's through those that we will learn to become more open and more loving. And that's our challenge in life as a spiritual being is to find the light within us and then find the light within others. Mm. But our journey is more about really opening up to the light within us. So, you know, often I'll hear people ask me or, you know, the question comes, is everything predestined? And I actually don't believe it is because we have free will and we're here to make our lives. We're here to learn how to love and how to grow and how to experience things. And if everything was set in stone before we came, there'd be no reason for us to be here. So mm -hmm. it sort of makes sense to me that our our journey is really to, as you say, it's to find that power that is within each and every one of us. And I believe that through the traumas that we go through, that pain level is just a a marker, in, if you if you like, to say, okay, I need to look now. I need to look at why, and I need to look at how. How can I let this go? How can I find a better way to love myself? And you know, particularly for women, because I think you might agree with me, Asia, that mostly the people that I deal with anyway are mostly women. Mm. And mostly it's in our nature to um, do things as much as we can for other people. And generally it's that thing of we always put ourselves last. And so it's really about finding that true inner power and being able to, to truly love the self and know that it's not selfish to be able to honour and nurture that inner spirit. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I do work with women, and especially when I do my yearly retreats, it, it's yeah. always coming up that this thing of putting um, ourselves last and to feel selfish when we actually give to ourselves. But it turns around, and I watch women really light up and blossom when yeah. they realize that by filling their own cup, to yes. by really replenish themselves they have so much more to give and they're giving from a full place and not an empty place absolutely absolutely and so for me the journey um with my work is that generally speaking the first port of call might be that people do come for a reading and that might be a psychic reading and so the psychic reading is really just tuning into what's going on in the here and now and the mediumship aspect of, of my work is actually bringing those messages through from loved ones in spirit. And this has been particularly powerful, especially with people who have had relationships with um, people and those relationships have had traumas that maybe still haven't been healed. Because I know that when our loved ones pass to the spirit world, they have a greater understanding of life and their viewpoint of life is much, much different because they release the physical. And generally, once they've released the physical, they're not in physical pain. And physical pain can cause a lot of um, anger and a lot of um, disharmony within a person when they're, when they're in the world. So, for instance, in my own life, my mum... She passed six years ago 
and she passed with cancer very quickly. But she had had a lot of um, mental illness in her life and was very up and down in her life. But what I got to understand through our journey together was that she had her own demons. She had her own things that she had to deal with. And I know that once somebody goes to the spirit world, in a sense, they see that. And the beauty of working as a medium is that you can reconnect people and that you can bring through those messages which just say, I'm sorry, or I love you, or, you know, these are the things that I wasn't able to say when I was alive. Because there are so many people who still carry those scars with them that people didn't express their love when they were here. Or perhaps the people weren't able to be together at the passing of a loved one. And the person that's alive is still carrying that with them. But, you know, once people are in spirit, those things aren't important. Mm. So it's, it's a wonderful way of working to be able to not only work with those that are in the spirit world, but also to work with the spirit of people that I'm working with. And the journey that I generally take people on is to understand in a spiritual way what's happened in their life and, as you say, to turn things around so that they're not seeing their life from a space of a victim but seeing it for all of the learning opportunities that there are. And then generally, again, like you, I will hold workshops where I teach people how to tune into their own intuition or I teach them about healing and generally it's about connecting people back with their spirit so that they can truly find their passion, their goals, you know, truly find the things that stop them mm. from being all they can be. Mm. Yeah. And um, I think it's a, a really common thing to um, initially when you do have uh, traumatic things or terrible things happening mm. in your life that you do actually feel like a victim like because oh, you don't know any yeah. different yeah. and um, I just wanted to talk to you about your own life about yeah. you know some of the things that you went through and and how that turned around how you were able to turn around from yeah. being in those dark places what was it that um, yeah. helped you okay so it's um it's been an interesting life, to say the least, so a little rundown. So I was born in London and my father um, came to England from India. So he was a, a boxer that came over to England and he and my mum got married when she was only 16. And because of the cultural differences, I believe, there were, there were a lot of issues with their relationship. And so he was very, there was a lot of domestic violence there and my my earliest memories of my father are my fear in the womb and I only recognise that later in my life. But I know as I grew up, I, when I heard the stories of what happened, it made sense to me of why I always held a massive fear of men and why I was always afraid. Mm. So I know that um, and my parents were separated when I was born and I had, you know, wonderful grandparents who were the Kennedys, that's the name that I went back to. And at six, my mum remarried and she went to live in the north of England. Now, that was such a huge shift and change in my life. I was taken away from the people that I did know and taken into a sort of a foreign place. And in the 60s, to be a half Indian girl 
we were much maligned. You know, I remember being spat on and being called a dirty packy. And I remember um, always having to start new schools and all those sorts of things. So I can always remember feeling like the outsider and feeling like I didn't fit in. And for me, what I did at that stage in order to overcome that, I decided to work hard. So I, I was interested in reading and I read everything. And I used to lock myself away in my bedroom because my mum and my stepfather, that was another relationship that, um, you know, had all of its traumas and dramas. And my mother chose absent men. And so, like, what I'm saying there is my stepfather was someone that um, didn't express himself emotionally and they would have the hugest rows. And I could always recall hearing this and being afraid. So I'd just hide in my room. I would read and I would just learn, learn, learn and do brilliantly well at school. So I ended up going to a convent grammar school, which was, when I look back, one of the best times in my life because I was surrounded by girls um, and again, that fear of men wasn't there because I felt safe and comfortable with these girls. And our, it was a very academic school. It was a convent grammar school. And it was a place where I felt safe because I started there and I finished there. Although I did run away from home when I was 16 because the first man that came along that showed me any attention, you know, I was, um, I was away with. And especially because my mum was very controlling. So I guess the things, if I go back to the dark times in my life, and there have been a lot, that as I've gone on through my life, I've, I've looked at how I could change things. And my early pattern was always to run away. So I ran away at 17. I got married at that age. And at 22, I left that marriage when I came to Australia. So again, I ran away. I married again and then in that marriage, which I had for 20 years, I chose absent male energy because the husband I chose was a workaholic and had a lot of ups and downs with his health. And so I could see there was a time in my life when I recognised, and I was in my 40s by this stage, where I recognised these repeating patterns that I was unfulfilled and again, I wanted to run away and it was like, I can't keep running away. I have to start to face myself and to face my feelings of unworthiness, to face my feelings of, you know, learning how to relate to the masculine side of me, I guess. Mm. Learning how to, to be in the feminine because for a long time as well, I was a single mum. I was in Sydney with no family. I was a single mum and I had a two and a four-year-old when I came to Australia and, I, you know, when I look back at what I did at 22, I often wonder how I did it. But I was fearless in those days, and I still am in lots of ways. You know, if there's ever a challenge for me, I will just take it on. And I guess the thing that's got me through has been my own faith and my own spirituality. And I found that, interestingly enough, through my mother, because mum was very, very spiritual. She taught me about everything to do with spirituality but the thing with her was I would say good at theory but not good in the classroom she found it very hard to love she found it very hard to express mm. and therefore growing up I had those problems too I didn't know how to express anger I just shut down and as I reached I think about 45 by then I'd had um, suffered loss of you know, loss of a couple of businesses, loss of lots of money, um, loss of 
my own career through my ex-husband's illness. And so I was faced with loss, 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 loss. And then mum got sick and then she passed. And that was in those next following few years. But those losses, when I look back, were the pivotal time when I just said, you know, I have to start to do this for myself. I have to start to really heal this child within me that's still hurting. I have to really look for my power. And I found a really wonderful Reiki master here on the Gold Coast. And she took me on the journey. And that journey was all about healing the heart and opening myself and recognizing how much suppressed anger I had within me and how I could learn how to express myself in a different way. And I found I was sort of guided then to the right teachers, the right healers, and I just knew that there was so much inside of me that wanted to be free and it wanted to connect with that divinity that is within me. And in doing that, it it meant I had to face a lot of difficult choices. And one of those choices was to leave a marriage that I'd been in for over 20 years because the spiritual part of me said, if you're spiritual, then you have to stay and you have to work it out. Mm. But one of the things I recognised, and it was through some information, um, there's um, some channeled information, um, it's called Pathwork, and it was channelled Oh, oh you know, I know that. You know Pathwork? Yeah. <laughs> oh, many and years ago. Many I've done years that. ago. Mm. Yeah. And it's very beautiful. And it that is. information is just there on the internet and it's free. But a friend guided me to it. And one of the passages that I read was that really, um, I, I guess, opened it for me. They said, and any relationship can be worked out, but both people have to be willing to do the work on themselves. And that for me was the light bulb moment because what I found is that my whole life I had felt responsible for my mother. You know, I can remember being eight years old and feeling that I was her mother and part of my upbringing was that I spent a lot of time looking after my siblings but I had taken on responsibility for everybody else's happiness. Mm. And what I realised was the only person I could ever help was myself and this is what I teach people is that no matter what's going on within our family, that the work that we do on ourselves inevitably will help our family. But if I go back to the relationship, what I recognised was that we have to own our own inner journey and we can be there as support for our partners, but if they're not willing to look within and if they're not willing to at least consider that there is work to be done, then sometimes that appointment is up. And for me, that appointment was up and difficult as it was, it was a freeing time. So again, it's been a time, you know, and I've had a daughter that's gone through um, some lots of issues as well. Um, So experienced um, a lot of mental health issues within my family, a lot of drug addiction. And it's been a time where I've had to continually pull myself back and keep saying, okay, Sue, what do you need to work with now? so that you can be more there for them. Mm. And, you know, it's been an incredible journey, but I've, for me, meditation has been huge. It's been finding that inner guidance and saying, okay, what do I need to do? Finding where the physical energy is locked within my body and learning how to release that. 
and then helping others do that same thing. Because I know that all of the traumas that we've ever experienced stay with us energetically until we're ready to actually find that. And, and I know the work you do, Aisha, is very creative. And I often talk to people about using creativity, using music, using sound, mm. you know, lots and lots of different ways to heal and to release and to let go. Because within us all, we are light. And the things that hold us back are those past experiences and beliefs and traumas that we haven't yet shone the light on. And when we can bring that light into ourselves and we can say, you know what, I was a good mum, you know, I was a good partner, I am a good person, but what I really need to do is follow my path, my passion, and if I have a partner alongside me that is willing to allow that, then great. So, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing journey, but through everything I've really found and am always finding new lessons, new insights and new ways to help people. Mm, it's beautiful. It's ever-evolving, isn't it? I find um, I agree so much with everything you're saying, and I hope the listeners are also being inspired and encouraged to really listen into yourself like to yeah. it, because it really is an inside out journey like we have all these situations and relationships outside us but if we don't actually tune into what's important to us and what is going to bring a lightness and a joy and yeah. a feeling of love in our own you know heart or inside of ourselves um it has to start there first and then it, it ripples out into the world. And so I really believe in that sort of um, way of looking at it, that, you know, it, it is an inside out journey that we're all on together. Absolutely. And, and what I've learned is that those people that journey with us are our, are our teachers. Mm. And the more that we help ourselves, the more we help them, because what we hold to be true about them isn't really true. You know, if we hold a feeling about someone that they've wronged us, then we're not taking responsibility for our own journey and our own feelings. And so that to me has been a beautiful journey. You know, when I see now, you know, the, the wonderful lessons that I learned from my mother and why I chose her. I chose her because she really helped me become a strong, independent woman. And I love that. You know, I love now that I can be that strong, independent woman and that I can love her with all my heart because that's all I've ever wanted to do is to be someone that can be open and loving. And so it's been an amazing journey. And really everybody is at some level, at some stage on that journey. Yeah. Mm. And so if you were to reach out through the microphone yeah. and just hold on to someone's hands and look them in the eye and help them with um, how they can find their own power, like if maybe they're in a situation where they're feeling victimized by whatever's happening in their lives and you were holding their hands and looking at them, what would you say to them? What could you impart to them that would help them? I would tell them that they are a divine, powerful, spiritual being and that there is strength and courage within them and to listen to their, to their own body, to their own wisdom, to their own insight and really trust their feelings 
because what they feel is real. And if they feel that where they are is a painful situation, then trust the guidance will take them somewhere to find help. But there is always another choice. There is always another path. And there is always light. Light is always there. That's beautiful. Thank you, Sue. That's really lovely. I think that's a big part of all of our journeys is to be able to just step back a little bit and look yeah. at what our reality is like right here, right now, without yeah. sugarcoating it, without being yeah. in denial about it, but just saying, oh, this yes. is what's happening right now. Am yeah. I happy with this? Is this really yeah. where I want to be? And if not, that's the first step in, in movement towards yeah. something different. Absolutely. When we can not be in denial, as you say, and for me, that's the, the beauty in a way of having an impartial person like a reader. You know, when people come mm. and I see their faces and they look at me and say, "How?" you know, it's almost like, how did you know that? And it's what I'm seeing is the core energy. I'm seeing what's playing out. So when people can see the truth of something, they already know it. They already know how they act and they already know how they're being treated. And in a way, it's just that confirmation and when they can really accept the current reality, they then can say, okay, this is where it is. Now I have a choice. And the choice then is do I take action or do I stay where I am? And there is always a different path that can be taken, always. Mm, beautiful words of wisdom. Thank you so much. Oh, it's now, my I, pleasure. I want to um, let the listeners know how they can get in touch with you, Sue, if they want to connect with you. Lovely. Thank you for that, Asha. Well, they can come to me at my website, which is susanelizabethkennedy.com with a Z. They can email me at psychicmediumsusan at gmail.com. They can join me on my Facebook page, which is Susan Kennedy Medium. Or they can call me on 0413-701-408 and always happy to talk to people. And generally I know energetically that people always know whether we're right for, you know, whether we're a match. <laughs> yeah. All right. And yeah. I'll, I'll have all of those links Thank to you. connect with you on the show notes. So if you're listening and you're driving around or whatever, just go back to the show notes when you're in a place where you can link in or write them down and they'll all be there for you. Thank you, Asha. And I'd just like to say I feel what you're doing is such an empowering thing because you're bringing women together and you're helping people find their light as well. And it's a wonderful time to be an inspirational motivator and teacher as you are at this time on the planet. Thank you so much, Sue. I feel very called to do it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, it was something that came to me and I often feel like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. But I follow, I trust in, in yeah. the guidance and I follow it. And it has been my biggest joy. And I do believe that um, the time on the planet now for women to really step fully into their power mm. is now. And I can, if I can help in any way, then I'm in service to the divine in doing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Sue. It was so lovely. I'm deeply grateful that you were here and bringing your incredible gifts and supporting women in really tapping into their own inner light and being brilliant at whatever it is they choose to do. Thanks, Asha. It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Hey, another great episode. Oh, I enjoyed that so much. I just love talking about our connection to spirit. And no matter what we're going through, um, it, it's all part of being human, all our feelings, all our emotions. Um, it's wonderful if we can maintain that connection that we are beneath all of that spirit and that all those things that are coming through, whatever we're feeling, are there for us to evolve and to grow and to come back to the essence of who we are, which is love. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really appreciated talking to Sue Kennedy and I hope that you will connect with her. And next week, we'll be talking with some other brilliant misfit. And as always, be true to you and be brilliant. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.